Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to Games Parlay. Uh, we're back after a super exciting week of video game news and announcements and everything on that. And Matt and I are here today to talk about all those things. Yes, we are. There was a, quite a bit to talk about for, you know, an E3 in the middle of a pandemic. Like, yeah, I'm surprised at how well all these developers really brought it. I was quite impressed for most of the week. Yeah, I was actually going to start by mentioning that, um, you know, if if you watched E3 and you were disappointed overall, it's like it's always important to remember that, um, you know, a lot of these developers had a really tough time. Uh, and not to mention that even something like, you know, uh, Matt and I are here in the U.S. and the situation is way different here than it is for a lot of places where these developers are housed. So, you know, something to keep in mind as we talk about the things we saw at E3 this week. That's an excellent point. Well stated. Um, yeah, and with that, too, as we're going through this, uh, there are going to be points where we'll talk about things we liked, things we didn't like, things we were kind of disappointed by. Um, and it's always important to remember that that's not out of a, like, we hate these developers because whatever, or they these developers suck because we didn't get what we wanted. Um, it's always just purely like, you know, these are things we were not as excited about or whatever, but um, I'm really happy for all of these developers that really put in quite a lot of work uh, to make E3 happen again. For sure. Good for them. Yeah. So let's get started with kind of the the first thing that got, the first event, rather. Um, well, it's not technically part of E3, I think it's important to talk about because it happened right before. And that is uh, Jeff Keighley's uh, Summer Games Fest. Yeah, he uh, started this last summer, I believe, um, mm-hmm. as kind of a summer-long replacement to E3 since nothing happened last summer. He kind of threw this t- together and had like a whole summer of game announcements. And I think the second year of that ended up working out pretty well for him. Yeah, there were a lot of really, really cool uh, things that got brought up. Um, and I think it's just really cool that there were a ton of different developers from all platforms that were here, um, just to celebrate video games. I think it's really cool how the Summer Games Fest really brings a lot of these different developers of different sizes and stuff together to really give you a good idea of kind of what the gaming landscape is going to look like for the next year or so going forward, as opposed to the single one developer, one developer, here's everything that we have going on. I yeah. think it's really cool to kind of show everything and give everyone a little bit of attention. Yeah, and it's just a cool way to kick off E3. Um, you know, a lot of places are starting off their official summer breaks and stuff, and just a really, really cool thing. So kind of looking at the list of games here, I'll kind of mention some of the ones that at least I thought really stood out. Um, the Tiny Tina's Wonderland was kind of how they started the presentation, which is really cool. It's a they said it wasn't a spinoff, but I hesitate to use any other word. Um, it's a spinoff of the Borderlands series. Um, kind of a similar style of uh, a loot and shoot, uh, but it's set in like a fantasy type thing. It looks like it's D&D and Tiny Tina is your dungeon master. That's kind um, of the vibe I was getting to. Luckily, yeah. it could be a pretty fun time. I mean, the Borderlands games, they know what they're good at. Uh, Gearbox is pretty good with that. Um, they're going to give you lots of weapons all the time. 
and it's going to be silly and wild. Um, looks fun. We didn't get a whole lot of gameplay, really. Um, it was more the just kind of the announcement trailer. But again, it's Gearbox. They haven't really, uh, you know, led astray uh, from their formula, at least as far as Borderlands is concerned. So then elsewhere in Summer Games Fest, we had that Metal Slug Tactics game, which looked interesting. Yeah, um, Metal Slug, if I'm remembering correctly, was like a side-scroller um, shoot-em-up, uh, similar to something in the vein of, like, Contra. Um, I could be horribly wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. Uh, and so to see them come in with a tactics game is interesting, to say the least. Um, the trailer was fun to watch. I really liked the art style that the trailer had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it just kind of kind of depend if this is... Uh, you know, is it going to have the thing that Metal Slug fans want, or are they trying to get people into Metal Slug so they can bring it back in full swing? I don't know. It'd be pretty cool, too. Uh, the Death Stranding Director's Cut trailer um, was kind of fun. Um, I've never played Death Stranding. That was a PS4 game exclusive uh, for a while. It's on Steam now, but I've heard it's kind of a glorified walking simulator, but I've heard it's Hideo... Like, uh, you go uh, I was just gonna say Hideo Kojima is kind of a kind of a genius in the in the game's development market, and so he kind of gets one of his reasons for leaving Konami was to put together these kind of projects that he's wanted to do. Um, and there was a really great uh, <clears throat> Metal Gear reference in the middle that of the so funny. in the middle of the trailer. Um, so I don't know what a director's cut ensues um i don't really know that much about the game itself but if you like death stranding i'm sure a director's cut is gonna get your fancy pretty well yeah it sounds pretty cool the middle gear bit in the middle was really funny some people took that to mean that when the character like put the box on the shelf that it was like symbolic of kojima like moving on from the metal gear series Mm. i wonder if that has any truth to it or if it's just people reading too much into a silly trailer yeah, here's the thing. With Kojima, it could be either. <laughs> exactly. So. And then the uh, big announcement, I would say, from Summer Games Fest was Elden Ring. Oh my god, yes. Um, I used to have quite an issue with Dark Souls um, in particular, um, but then I realized it was mostly just the first game that I didn't like that much. Um, but I've, as I've gotten into Dark Souls 3 and Bloodborne and the other Souls-like games, um, I've really been a huge fan of the series and kind of its gameplay loop. Uh, <clears throat> Elden Ring looks like a real good time. Uh, mounted combat. Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with the minds of Miyazaki and George R.R. R. Martin. Uh I'm, let's just say you should, probably shouldn't get attached to any character, including yourself. <clears throat> yeah, there will probably be lots of death. Um, mostly you. Mostly you. Um, it's supposedly like the biggest map they had in a game from this series, right? Something like that. And again, knowing the two like creative directors behind it, I'm not surprised in the slightest. Right. I think the fact that you have a mount kind of attests to that, because that means that's something they yeah. want to have to traverse a long distance instead of just walking. 
Uh, and I was talking with a buddy of mine after it got announced, and um, some people were making comparisons to Shadow of the Colossus, um, which for anybody who doesn't know, um, is a, a game where you basically traverse the landscape and you fight colossal monsters. Like, you have to, like, it's like a puzzle to, like, navigate the monster and kill it. You have to, like, climb up it and stuff and, like, take off certain weak points on yeah. its body. Yeah, which I don't... Elden Ring didn't show anything like that, necessarily, but a lot of the monsters are pretty huge. Um, the giant sword was pretty cool, like the giant lizard beam-looking sword. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm very curious to see more. It's supposed to be out in January of 2022, um, which to hear nothing for as long as we have, and them say, oh yeah, by the way, um, it's pretty awesome. That is really cool. Um, I love when games do that. Yeah. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to on Summer Games Fest to uh, Tales of Arise. Got to give my JRPG some love here. Um, The Tales of series is one that I've kind of looked at on the sidelines. Um, I played a little bit of Tales of Zestiria um, and have had an interest in the other games in the series. But apparently this game is supposed to be pretty dark in tone, um, which I think is a, a trend I'm noticing in a lot of the games coming out. Um, in this time, there's just a lot of darker themed. Notice that too. Projects. Um, but anyway, it looks really, really good. Um, between uh, Elden Ring and Tales of Arise, there's a lot of simping going on on Twitter for the Paladin ladies. <laughs> so, you know. Uh, but there were a lot of other really cool stuff cool. at uh, yeah, at Summer Games Fest. Uh, just as a quick pass through, there's a an Among Us roadmap of stuff kind of coming in uh hide and seek modes they're trying to add it uh, more like roles kind of like uh trouble in terrorist town or uh town of salem um those kind of games uh and i think they're trying to make bigger lobbies too was another thing yeah 15 um, people lobbies with three imposters yeah which is pretty cool so i i'm excited to see um among us kind of maintain its it's uh, its place, and I hope that it people still enjoy its party game functions. And it seems like the developers are really listening to the things people are wanting. Yeah, they're um, incorporating into- a lot of the mods that people in the community have made into the game itself, which I think is a pretty cool sign. Yeah. Um, there was the uh, Jurassic World game coming out. Uh, Salt and Sacrifice looks cool. Um, Dark Pictures Anthology, if you're a fan of that. Um, franchise the third game in that anthology is coming out house of ashes um monster hunter stories 2 um those kind of the big ones i feel agree though summer games fest was cool like i said it's not technically part of e3 but there was a lot of good stuff that got announced there um and i'm excited to see that continue yep i Uh, agree completely so next on our list, we don't have anything super specific to say about this, but we just kind of wanted to bring up the Wholesome Games announcements. Mm-hmm. Um, just a cool little idea. Um, I think games in particular are starting to reach the wider audience that we've wanted in games. Like, you know, um, you know, games are not just for the hardcore. Uh, they're not for super gritty, you know. Uh, messages all the time. Like we're starting to get games that now are being built to appeal to a wide audience and a very specific audience that 
wants something cute and fun to play. Uh, right, and the wholesome director coziness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it. Um, I don't particularly remember many of the games that were announced in that direct. Um, I do know that it was like a small team of like like five or six people total, with three people being the hosts. And they yeah. put it together. They even had like a fundraiser going on for a Worldwide Relief Society, which is super cool. And it seemed like a really positive, welcoming part of E3. And I, I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, it looks like there's the there's like an Ooblets uh, sequel of some right. sort, uh, which the first Ooblets game, I never played it, but I watched quite a few people play through it. And it's just a cute little like bird game. Uh, Skatebird. Um, there was the let's see battle cakes. There was the uh, the cupcake RPG. Um, I mean, I'm looking at the list right now, and there's so many um, that I've just seen went like kind of one after list. another for like an hour. I just didn't stop. Yeah, so cool stuff. If if that's like your kind of thing, um, cat cafe manager, uh, game director story. I mean, if any of those kind of games pique your interest, I would literally just go watch the showcase and watch the uh, stuff kind of fill through. There's if we tried to talk about every game on the list, we'd be here for years, which is a good thing. There's a lot of good games. Lots of uh, developers too. Yeah. So the official start to E3, um, I would say, would be the Ubisoft uh, kind of was the first big company to get kind of get kicking off E3. And the Ubisoft, uh, and Ubisoft yeah, Ubisoft had some good stuff um, <laughs> with an, an unfortunate leak the day of. Um, we'll talk about that in a bit, but Rainbow Six Extraction, um, if you're big into the Rainbow Six series, um, a new thing coming out, uh, Watch Dogs DLC was kind of pretty much it for, like, updates on games, uh, but we're getting Just Dance 2022 coming in November, um, I think it's a, you know, Matt and I were talking about this, uh, whenever it got announced, and you know, I don't play the Just Dance games myself. However, um, there's a lot of places out there that do kids love it. It's a good way to promote exercise. Um, <laughs> we're both teachers and we've used uh, Just Dance videos on YouTube as a way to get kids moving. Um, you know, after it, it's just like, on the screen. they don't have to have the controller necessarily. It's like when you yeah. hand your little brother the unplugged controller when you're playing a single player game or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same idea. Yeah, I know a lot of like kids' hospitals and stuff used to use uh, the Wii versions of the game to uh, promote physical therapy and those kinds of things. And so I'm I'm guessing a lot of those places have upgraded to switches since then. Um, and just it's just a great thing for them to keep doing, um, which is cool. Uh. The, the unfortunate thing that got leaked the day of uh, Mario Rabbids is getting a sequel. Uh, Sparks of Hope uh, comes out in 2022. Unfortunately, Nintendo's website actually leaked the game on their on their website uh, before the presentation started, um, which I feel bad for Ubisoft because this was probably their really big release that just got absolutely stunted by a poor, probably a poor intern who leaked it early (laughs) 
Sorry, Matt, you cut out. You want to try that again? Oops, there he is. Hello? Yeah. Cool. You cut uh, out there. You say that one again. <laughs> so, my guess is that probably happened with someone just scheduled the to go up at a different time or something and it just went up at the wrong time. Yeah. Is- or like AM versus PM missed the wrong day. I mean, it, it happens. Yep. Um, but it is unfortunate because Ubisoft really doesn't have that much on their list. And so for that to be leaked is a pretty big deal, uh, unfortunately. But it's still cool. Um, I loved the first game. I, I played the heck out of it. I don't think I beat it, but I had way better of a time than I thought I would. Um, yeah. I really didn't like the Rabbids when they came out, um, when it was associated with Rayman. Um, I think it's just because Rayman doesn't get a whole lot of stuff to begin with anymore um, under the Ubisoft umbrella. Uh, but for some reason, Mario Rabbids was so charming. Um, and if you've never played it, it's like XCOM. It's a, it's a tactics game, um, but it's... I don't want to say easier, but it's it's a little bit easier to read yeah i think that's the better way because xcom is pretty brutal um in nature but that doesn't make mario rabbits easy especially if you're trying to get like the best scores um uh my boy grant kirkhope did the music for the first one he got to do the music again um he's just he's become one of my favorite composers to kind of follow um if you're unfamiliar with the name he's just the person responsible for donkey kong 64 uh, Banjo Kazooie, Viva Pinata, um, the ukulele games. Uh, I mean, he's just he's done a ton, and so he's getting to come back and do Mario Rabbits, where he gets to reorchestrate, rearrange a lot of the Mario music. So, uh, it's good stuff. Yeah, sounds awesome. I'm not a huge uh, fan of the Rabbits myself either. They give me Minions vibes, and I really don't mm-hmm. like the Despicable Me Minions. Um. But yeah. the game, the gameplay looks pretty cool. The new Sparks power ups looks like it's going to add a lot to the the game. Yeah, and I like that in this one they're removing the grid, so you can like free move, um, and if so everything is built around like radius movements. Um, I think it's an interesting way to look at the tactics games. So should be fun. Um, Avatar: Frontiers of Pandora also coming twenty twenty two. That was a left field announcement for me. Like I did not anticipate any yeah. of that happening. Yeah, me either. Um, I'll say I liked the Avatar movie when it came out. And in case anybody doesn't know, this is the Blue People movie. This is not the Last Airbender. Just throwing <laughs> that out right away, just to make sure no, there's no confusion here. Um, I was, I you know, I liked the movie at first, but the like my second watch through, I was like noticing like a lot of issues I had with the movie. Right. Um, so I'm hoping that this game gives it a breath of fresh air and kind of some more, more of what James Cameron probably wanted out of the world, rather than what we got in just the movie. Um, yeah. And hopefully, and hopefully it sets up the second movie you know, a better bridge, if you will, for the second movie that's in development. So, yeah, I had heard that um, based off of the development of this game is why Disney went with Ubisoft to develop a open world Star Wars game. 
So I think that's pretty interesting. Hmm. So when they had like their you meeting know, as to, far as when they had their meeting yeah. to pitch this to Disney, they're like, okay, that sounds really cool. Do you want to do Star Wars too? Huh. That's interesting. Um, when it comes to open world games, Ubisoft is the one that tends to kind of have a handle on it. Um, with the exception of Breath of the Wild, um, I mean, Ubi- Ubisoft is the is the company behind these open world games. Assassin's Creed, um, Watch Dogs. I think Far Cry is also Ubisoft. Um, it is. So they, I mean, they've got the, they've got a tight grip on that formula. So should be cool. Uh, we're gonna kind of pass over Devolver. They had some cool stuff. Shadow Warrior Three is kind of fun. Uh, Wizard with a Gun is probably the one that I liked the best. That title um, is so funny. That I idea. It. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, so that's cool. Uh, Gearbox showed off some Godfall. Um, just want to give a quick shout out to the upload VR stuff. I'm VR right now is still pretty well in its infancy, um, but I am loving seeing developers try their hand at VR development, and I hope that that continues to grow uh, and we see a lot more. Because it, it's not going to get better until people are developing for it more. So the more development we get, the better these games will get. So right. um, th- things still look a little rough around the edges, but um, it's because people have to figure it out. So should be cool. All right. Here's our next big one. Xbox and Bethesda. Um, now, whenever we got... When we were looking at this one, and if you listen to our kind of uh, uh, pre-show, if you will, our uh, our hopes and desires and uh, predictions, um, Xbox and Bethesda was one we kind of had some expectations for um, and some ideas on, but Xbox Bethesda did pretty all right. I would say that they're probably in the running for best conference of the week. I would say pretty close. Um, coming out of the gate with talking about Starfield was a great move. Um, that's a game that people have been like, what is this? Like, we got a splash screen title however many years ago. What is it? Um, especially since it's a brand new IP from the studio um, that they've been wanting more. And hammering home that's going to be an Xbox exclusive as well. I thought it was a pretty funny move. Um, it's been a pretty common criticism of Xbox for a long time, saying they don't have a lot of um, first-party exclusive games. And I think they are... Yeah. Like, especially with the more recent moves they've been making, they're really trying to fix that. And this acquisition of Bethesda, yeah. I think, is probably their biggest step in that direction. Yeah, 100%. Um, and yeah, I would agree. I think it's really funny, too, that um, the online discourse is always, haha, Xbox, why would I buy you? You don't have any exclusives. And then Xbox has putting games on exclusives and people are angry. <laughs> yeah, but don't do it that way. I want exclusives I can play yeah. on my PS5. <laughs> yeah, I just want to make fun of you. You didn't have to fix it. Um, but no, I, I think it's a good move. And I, hopefully it's one of those things that, kind of like what Sony does with a lot of their exclusives, uh, especially with like the Final Fantasy games, for example. They'll be exclusive for about a year or two, and then they make their way onto other platforms. Yeah. Um, I would imagine that's going to be the case with a lot of these Bethesda games, but 
a timed exclusive is not the worst thing in the world. Um, I disagree about you know, Bethesda. Xbox is kind of like, why would you buy yeah. Bethesda for that much money to just give those games to other yeah. platforms? I don't know. Right. Yeah. So we'll kind of see what that's coming from. Um, Psychonauts 2 is a pretty kind of left field one, too. Um, we haven't had Psychonauts since the original Xbox, um, which Man, is this a long, three wow. generations ago. Pretty sure it's original Xbox. It might be Xbox 360. I cannot remember off the top of my head. But that's well, been... Fun. That's three to four console generations ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Um, yeah, it looks neat. Uh, sea of Thieves, Pirates of the Caribbean crossover is like a no-brainer. Uh, but I'm glad it's here. That was so funny. I was really confused for a long time. I was like, this feels like Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah. but it's a video game. And then I saw the dog with the with the keys. I was like, can they do that? That's uh-huh. very obviously like Disney's thing. <laughs> and then it didn't click yeah. until I saw Jack Sparrow. I was like, oh, that was on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> it was a fun reveal. I yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I don't personally play Sea of Thieves, but I, it just keeps getting bigger and better from what I see of other people playing it. Right. Um, Again, it, it, that's a rare, um, the company. Um, not It's not 100% the same as it used to be, but um, they're doing a really nice job with Sea of Thieves. It keeps getting updates and a lot of cool events and stuff, and Pirates of the Caribbean is a perfect fit um, for it. I mean, it's pirates. I mean, it's you literally can't get any better than that. Nope. Uh, Fallout 76 stuff, I don't know much to think on that. I don't know if the game is actually performing well um fallout 76 had a weird time uh it was really bad at first and i think they added some stuff but then they added like a premium tier um and i know at one point there was like an in-game war like a class war in fallout 76 where the premium members were being ambushed by non-premium members so that the non-premium members could get the premium members' stuff. Uh, and so they, the groups were trying to band together to, like... I don't know. It, there, was, it, there was something about that for a little while. Incredible. Uh, yeah. I would so, definitely take part in that. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> right? So I, I don't know if that's, like, still the case or if the, the game itself has reached its... You know, it's kind of pulled an ESO. I, I don't know. I can't speak much on it. But it's getting uh, an update. Uh, Game Pass stuff. We got Hades coming to Game Pass in August. Um, cool. On the PS5 uh, as Halo well. Infinite. Yeah, it's true. Um, which is cool. It's very. Uh, Halo Infinite is a big one. Uh, yes. We'll finally, get news on Halo Infinite. Um, I know there was a, a a huge issue with it because of the pandemic, where they wanted. Halo Infinite to release alongside the console, because of course you do. Um, but some issues caused it to be um, delayed. But Halo Infinite's multiplayer is going to be free to play. That's crazy. Uh, which is awesome. Um, so good on the Halo Infinite dev team. Um, that's going to, I mean, that alone is going to make that game very popular to play. Yeah. The gameplay trailer for the multiplayer looked really good. It looked like Classic Halo. I've never owned an Xbox. So I've never played. Which Halo, is all, but yeah. But I've watched plenty of it. So like, it looks like mm-hmm. it's supposed to. I would say. 
Yeah, yeah, which is cool. Uh, Diablo 2 is kind of a, a fun find. Uh, Resurrected gets a release date for Xbox. I think it's coming to Switch as well at some point. Awesome. Um, Diablo 2 is great. I mean, it, it's that style of game, and it kind of owns it, the top-down isometric stuff. Um, Diablo is kind of the, the front runner, so it's cool to get Diablo 2 back. Uh, Slime Rancher 2. Game looks cute. Um, I've watched Slime Rancher 1 played quite a bit, um, and the second one just looks like a bigger and better version. So, uh, Eden Chronicle. Um, I'm unfamiliar with the series, but I know it's JRPG stuff, um, so I probably <laughs> should know more about it. But, uh, but everything I've heard from it is that those games are incredible. Uh, and so to get um, these two games announced, pretty cool stuff. Um, and Outer Worlds 2. That trailer That's was amazing. so funny. <laughs> yeah, if, if uh, you're unfamiliar with Outer Worlds. Uh, so basically, and here's kind of when Bethesda got acquisitioned by Xbox, there was this whole bit uh, that was like, man, it's going to be real awkward in that office. Um, because Microsoft also owns Obsidian Entertainment. So Obsidian is the developers that gave us Fallout New Vegas, which is highly regarded as the best Fallout game in the series. Um, and then after Obsidian stepped away from the project, that's when we got, you know, when Fallout became Skyrimmed. Um, and it just a lot of people were very upset by Fallout 4. And then we got this game, Outer Worlds, from Obsidian Entertainment. So that was basically like, hey, remember Fallout New Vegas? Remember how you liked those games? Well, we're back. And now uh, we're and basically they did. Yes. Um, and then now they get a sequel. So it's it's very cool to see. Um I mean, check it out. It's it's those game that game was really, really good. Um, I think they've really got their foothold as their own development company. Um, without being under the Bethesda umbrella. Um so Outer Worlds 2 is happening and it's that's gonna be really, really cool. They're making like a fantasy RPG too, aren't they? Uh yes, it was called uh I can't remember. But yes, Eden. they're making their own Skyrim type game. Avenhood or something like that? Something Avenwood. Like that. Something like that. Anyway, it's like yeah, it, they're basically doing their own Skyrim, uh, and I'm curious to see how that goes uh, when that gets released. But we haven't heard much on that since its announcement last year or two years ago. I can't remember. I want to say it was at E3 two years ago. That sounds about right. Um, so that was Xbox and Bethesda. Honestly, pretty solid showing uh, all around. Uh, I mean, there's something for everybody in that in that so. um, set of events. Uh, which is cool. So, uh, moving on. <sighs> Square Enix. Oh, boy. So, Square Enix started with a really long, like a really long uh, conference talking about Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, which... It's not normally a problem. I think their whole presentation was like 45 minutes to an hour, but a good 20, 25 minutes was spent on this Guardians of the Galaxy um, 
trailer and gameplay footage, which is fine. Like, I know everything I need to know about this game. So basically, it's a Choices Matter Guardians of the Galaxy game where you play as Star-Lord. Um, and um, I didn't quite catch too much of the actual plot necessarily, but just more the kind of features of the game. Right. I don't think they really gave too much of the actual plot away. They kind of hinted at you'll be like dealing with a lot of Marvel's big cast of space characters. In the trailer, the idea was that you are going to sell Groot to like a monster collector and you're trying to break in, like rescue the monsters. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of funny because gotcha. the idea was to sell a member of your team. <laughs> um yeah, I love the Guardians. That sounds like the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep, <laughs> it's like one of my favorite movies of all time. So I'm I'm pretty pumped for the game personally. Um, I think part of the reason that it was so long was because they really wanted to differentiate it from the big mess that the Avengers game was. Because it's a completely yes, different style. Yeah, it's a totally different style game. It's a single person RPG as opposed to like the big. Um, team battle, whatever Avengers is like the game yeah. of service thing. That's the term I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The fact that you also are playing as Star Lord, like as the only player, is interesting. I think I would have liked to be able to play yeah. as the other characters, but it could be cool to kind of forge your own relationships with each member of the team, kind of like in a game like Mass Effect, for instance, where you have relationships with different people yeah. within the story so that's kind of cool yeah i know one of the things they yeah it'll be cool i'm i'm you know i've kind of fallen off a lot of the marvel train pretty recently um the wandavision wandavision was really good um i would say having a break from a lot of the movies has been helpful I agree. Um, but i but guardians of the galaxy is one that does have my interest um just because it's so different than everybody else in the marvel crew um and the thing i like is that they did the same thing with avengers where they really tried to make the characters not the movie like they didn't model uh star lord after uh chris pratt they really tried to make him look like his own iteration um which is great i I think that's important with a lot of these games that i agree you know you need to if you're gonna do it differently make sure it looks different Um, a big marvel nerd i was a little disappointed by the Avengers versions of the characters, personally. It wasn't because that they didn't look like the movie mm-hmm. characters. It was because I thought that they were just poorly designed in general. I think Guardians did a much better job with that. Yeah. They look a lot like the old-school Guardians comic books, actually, which is pretty cool. But with like a more modern twist. Yeah. So I'll try not right. to get too nerdy about um, it, but I think it's pretty cool. I mean, listen, I'm about to go on a rant here and very soon, so... I know, I know. It's all good. We got, we got plenty of time to talk about Square. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I did like that we mentioned was they in the trailer they showed a section where um, they need to get over this gap, whatever, uh, and Rocket Raccoon was complaining about something, and Drax picks him up, uh, and you have the option to either talk him out of just chucking Rocket across the gap, or encouraging him to do so. Um, and in the trailer, they showed that the that they encouraged Drax to chuck him across the gap. And yep. it said something along the lines of, like, uh, Rocket Raccoon is now angry at you. 
Right. Um, and I'm curious, the thing I'm curious about is how much of an impact that's going to have on the overall story, if it will at all. Um, if it's just something like maybe he's not going to be as helpful in combat because you made him angry or you'll get locked out of certain dialogue options because, you know, you let Jack Drax chuck him. Um, oh, that was really funny. Yeah. It's super funny. And it's very <laughs> guarded. I think Guardians of the Galaxy is a great uh, group to do a choices matter style game. Um, again, I'm just interested to see kind of what the customization options will end up being and how much of a, um, how, how replayable is this game actually going to end up being? Is it just for bits or is it for to actually impact parts of the story? So it'll be interesting. Yeah, I, have, I have the same exact thoughts. Yeah. Um, then they announced the black Panther. Uh, DLC for update um, for Marvel's Avengers. Um, I know that they, I think they, they really kind of delayed it after, um, you know, the unfortunate news earlier this year. Um, they didn't want to put out the DLC right away and make it look like a really bad cash grab. Actually, um, I, I think the opposite development stuff. from what I heard. The issue was they were actually going to put a different character out first. Um, but wanted to kind of do this like to oh, honor Chadwick Boseman. They've had yeah, a lot of development issues. I, I can't remember. Again, yeah. big Marvel nerd. I kind of follow it, even though I don't play the game. Yeah, that. Yeah, I will defer to your knowledge here. Um, that does make sense. Um, and Marvel's Avengers has had a really not so Rough. good dev process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I know uh, I was watching a streamer YouTuber who every year he does like the top games of the previous year and the worst games of the previous year. And he was playing through Marvel's Avengers again uh, to put it on his worst of 2020 uh, list. Um, And was like, it's not because the game is bad. It's just because there's no support and everything is locked behind a paywall. Um, So I'm hoping some of these updates, I I can't remember if this update is free or not. I know that some updates are and some DLC isn't. Um, I think characters typically cost money, but you can unlock them through like a battle pass or something. But it's very, yeah, very good. It was something like that. I don't remember. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, I-, I think it's cool that they do want to add new characters and they want to give them their comic book outfits and stuff. But it does suck when it's locked behind. You have to play every day for four hours to hope. You get it. 100%. Yeah. I um, had my Square Enix rant session, so now it's your turn. <laughs> well, before we get to the ones that I'm upset about, um, Babylon's Fall and Life is Strange also got announced. Um, I don't really remember too much about Babylon's Fall. Um, it looked okay from what I remember. Um, but Life is Strange is kind of the the one that I always forget is a Square Enix property. Um. If you're unfamiliar with Life is Strange, it's a lot of it's a story driven uh choices matter game. Uh and this one looks really cool because it's the main character can like read empathy. It's got they call it the empathy mechanic. And yeah. the character can know exactly what mood the character they're speaking to is in, whether it's sadness or anger or whatever. And so you use that knowledge to um, make decisions to progress the story. Um, 
which is a really neat mechanic. And a lot of these games also touch on like real world feelings and emotions and stuff. So um, with something like this, I could really see um, a, a really touching story here. There's a line in the trailer that says something like, person was really mad and the main character does something about maybe being able to take away their anger but not knowing exactly how that would like affect them so that sounds pretty yeah, intriguing so they can like manipulate yeah. emotions too yeah so cool stuff coming from there and then we get to the final fantasy stuff it'll be okay as you guys know as you guys know, I am a huge RPG fanatic. Uh, Final Fantasy is right up there for me. Uh, recently gotten into Dragon Quest. Pretty hardcore. And I gotta say, I was really excited when this trailer started for the Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters. Um, I, I saw it and was like, oh my god, Legacy. Oh, one, two, three, four, five, six. And then it ended. And it said, for Steam and mobile only. And I'm like, what are you doing, Square? Um, so, and I think it was further, you know, annoying when we got 30 minutes of Guardians of the Galaxy. And we get the franchise that this company is known for worldwide. A, a, a legacy collection. or even just celebrate the classic Final Fantasy games. Um, man, what what a ball to drop, unfortunately. Um, we, do, we don't even know what the Pixel remasters really look like because a lot of those screenshots they flashed across the screen looked like some of the original versions. Like they had some screenshots from Final Fantasy 1, like the NES version. They had some of the PSP version. They had some of the Game Boy version. Um, and so we know nothing about these Pixel remasters other than they're remastering the first six games and they will be to Steam and mobile. But I will say at the very least, I hope this is a temporary thing and they will eventually make their way at least to Switch at some point. Um, I would say the Switch is kind of the obvious location they should be on. Yeah, I agree. Um, the thing, too, if you're unfamiliar, um, the Final Fantasy ports that exist on Steam already are terrible. They are so bad. Um, they don't even have Final Fantasy 1 or 2. Um, they have 3 through 6. Uh, 3 is the DS port, which is actually pretty good. Um, 3 is probably the exception here. But 4, 5, and 6 are all the mobile ports um, that have this really gross, like, art style um all the buttons are huge because it was made for a phone um and they're just bad um and as somebody who loves these rpgs and wants to give them the to actually play them without you know emulating them or spending five hundred dollars on an old copy um to play them uh there's really no other way uh, right now, and this, these pixel remasters are a really great way to get people into the series, especially because Final Fantasy VI is constantly regarded as the best in the series. Um, and the fact that the only remaster we've gotten of it is a terrible mobile port is 
as shame. Um, so we'll kind of see. I, I'm I'm hoping that these are good. Um, I'm hoping they're not messing too much with like translation stuff. I hope they just kind of stick to how they were on the SNES. Because um, three through six all came out on the SNES. Uh, or no, four through six all came out on the SNES. Um, and then the one through three can kind of get their shine again. But I'm also hoping that they're not going to be like $30 a game or whatever. We know nothing about this collection at this moment. So the fact that they said collection makes me feel like they're going to bundle it all together. But I don't, I don't know for certain. I don't know. I don't think it actually said collection. I think that's just me putting words there. It just says Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster. Um, But Pixel Remaster does make me, you know, hopeful. Um, I prefer the pixel art art style of these older RPGs. I will so say, though, it does kind of bum me out that it means we're probably not getting the HD 2D remasters like Dragon Quest 3 is. Um, Because I think of all games, Final Fantasy 6, a Final Fantasy 6 remake would work really well in that style, but we'll have to see how these kind of play out. I did see a tweet that seemed to be comparing the previous pixel art with what they think is going to be the remastered pixel art. Because I think in the trailer, they Mm -hmm. used pixel art that's going to be like the new character models because they compared them to the old ones. There were some differences. I think think they only found a few of them from what I saw. But it looked like it was kind of in between the old one and the, the new poopy ones. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I saw that one too. And they looked okay. It looks like they're the the models um, without the pixel lines. Right. Um, so, I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting. Um, I'm excited at least that they're coming, you know, at, at the very least. As somebody who has a PC um, capable of playing these games, I I'm excited for them, but I do wish the Switch would be the perfect place to give these games new life um, for people who haven't played them. Um, But moving on to the meme of the evening. Uh, Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin. Um, This trailer could have cut diamonds with how edgy it was. (laughs) So this is a game that was rumored before E3. Um, it's being right. developed by Team Ninja, um, and people were kind of expecting it to be more like a Souls-like experience, um, but in reality, it's more like a Neo, which is a Team Ninja game, uh, which kind of follows a similar formula, but not quite. It, it's very much... My buddy Luke described it like this, because I haven't played it myself. It's more along the lines of like a fighting game, where a lot of the responses need to be pretty precise, Whereas Dark Souls has a good enough room for error um, in that regard. And they're just a little different in that way. Um, And Dark Souls is a lot more like very deliberate moves, like with like limited options. So either you block, parry, or roll. Whereas Neo has like. Than actual like button pushes. It's more like which action do you do when as opposed to timing. Yeah, whereas Neo has, like, a parry, it has a dodge, it has, like, a, a quick dodge or an, an absorb. Um, it's it's pretty wild. 
um, with a lot of like weapon swapping as you go. So this game is basically a retelling of the first Final Fantasy game, which is fine. Um, but the whole trailer was like the main character's perspective go, we have to kill chaos. Chaos must die. We're here to go kill chaos. And just like, where did this come from? Right. Um, like, I'm fine with that being the plot. Like, that is a totally feasible plot. Because that, that is the plot of Final Fantasy 1. Kind of. Um, the whole plot of Final Fantasy 1 is you are the Warriors of Light. And you show up to the castle. And the king is like, oh my gosh, you're the Warriors of Light, as told in the prophecy. Um, and they're like, okay, well, my daughter was kidnapped by uh, Garland, one of our knights. Uh, go defeat Garland, bring back my daughter, and we will repair the bridge to the north so you can continue on your adventure. So you go onto the Chaos Shrine, you stop Garland, he's like, I'll be back! Blah, blah, blah. And you save Sarah and you move on. And then you go around the world relighting the crystals, and then there's time travel nonsense. Final Fantasy has always been weird. Right? So without getting too much into this, I guess the game itself kind of spoils it. Garland becomes chaos, and you fight chaos and break the time loop. But this game, out of the gate, tells you that. Right. Um, that Garland is like, I am to become chaos. And in the demo, even, that's you pretty much travel through the chaos shrine and you fight Garland, um, oh. which is cool. Like again, a, as a Final Fantasy like retelling, I, I guess they're expecting people that people that play this game to know the story of Final Fantasy, um, which is why I kind of felt weird. Yeah, like re- retelling the plot. I mean, I literally just spoiled all of Final Fantasy one, but like, so okay. did the trailer. <laughs> um, so what I'm interested in is, well, how much is there of this game? Like, what are they hiding? You know, I, I'm curious to see kind of what happens through the process. Um, so after the trailer dropped, um, there was a demo that came out, and I was watching uh, Maximilian Dude on Twitch with my buddy Luke uh, mm-hmm. to kind of look at the game itself, how it plays. Um, there's a lot of cool customization options. Pretty much every piece of clothing you pick up uh, whenever you put it on, it changes your character model. Um, a lot of people were giving the main character crap for being literally in a black t-shirt and jeans. Um, like and that's just a, just, serious. Yeah, that's the big meme. Um, but that's a Tetsuya Nomura kind of design choice. Uh, puts you in a very kind of generic outfit. And then as the as you go through the game, they get a little bit more extravagant. Um I don't know. It's it's all kind of a weird choice, in my opinion. Um, I'm fine with edgy, but it's just a little much for something as kind of goofy as the original Final Fantasy was. Um, and what I kind of have issue with is I the color palette choice is all very black and grim, which, you know, when you're in the Chaos Shrine, like that makes sense to me. But even all the characters are all wearing all black. Um, and then you get to Garland, who looks exactly like he does in Final Fantasy One. Um, yeah, it, it looks very spot on. So, 
my buddy Luke and I have some theories that like after you fight Garland, like in the game, you're gonna like actually die or get sent back in time. Um, because Final Fantasy games are weird. Um and you'll end up back in the world of Final Fantasy One. Um and then it becomes a little bit more medieval stuff, but I don't know. I have to see more. I think overall the game looks very fun. Um, I just think the choice in the trailer was very odd. I think somebody said in the two-minute trailer that there was, they said chaos 15 times. Oh my. I knew it was a lot. I didn't bother yeah. counting, but it sounds pretty accurate. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the whole thing, too, is the the reveal of chaos in the original Final Fantasy game did not happen till the very end. Right. Um, and so the fact that they are overtly saying, like, I have to go kill chaos is very strange. And I, as well, while, while we're here on it, it's strange that, because they are the self-proclaimed warriors of light. Like, this, one of the other characters is like, yeah, we're the warriors of light. So they're straight up referencing Final Fantasy 1. Um, so I'm curious to see why they know about chaos in particular and what, why they're so bent on killing chaos. Right, it could be some kind of misdirection, like you said, just to mess with yeah. fans of the franchise. Yeah. So we'll see. It's Setsu Nomura. I mean, if you're unfamiliar with the name, it's Kingdom Hearts. I think that's enough said <laughs> as far as plot. Could be so, anything. Uh, but overall, the yeah, overall the, the game does look fun. I, I watched the whole demo for the most part. Uh, I didn't watch the guy beat Garland, but it looked for like a pretty hefty fight and... I'm excited to get to know more, but I could not deal with the amount of edge right. in that trailer. So I think I've ranted about Square Enix enough. Let's go ahead and keep going. Okay, so uh, before we start Nintendo, yeah. I really got to pee. I had too much coffee. I will be right back. <laughs> okay. Okay, sorry. Okay, I will edit this out. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're all good. All right. So the big boy. Nintender. I, I think this is the one that we are going to ha- both have the most to talk about. 
hundred percent. This is the one that I was like really looking forward to all week with everybody else. But like, since I only own a Nintendo console, like this was definitely my thing. Yeah. So right off the top, uh, we were greeted right away with a Smash Bros. Ultimate character. Uh, with probably one of the funniest announcement trailers. Um, I was laughing the whole time. It was uh, really funny. So we got Kazuya from Tekken. Uh, which is another one that I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Right. Uh, Tekken has been not a Nintendo like standard, but has been on many Nintendo consoles. Uh, and I found out pretty recently from a Nintendo Life video that um, the 3DS Tekken game used to have had like Nintendo costumes uh, oh, for a bunch of the different characters. Yeah, so there were like I think one of like the panda, like there's actually just straight up a panda um, had like a Princess Peach costume that he could wear, um, and it's like hysterical. Like, one of them could be Ganondorf. Um, I think there was a Link one too. It's just very very cool. Uh, partnership that they've had in the past already um and tekken is really big in esports fighting yeah. um i mean I'll, smash is too i mean street fighter is um but tekken is a very cool introduction to uh smash bros so um i don't know that much more about tekken I know that they are home to like some pretty wild combos. Uh so I'm wondering how many of those will cross over uh kind of like reuse uh button commands. Uh how I had much the same shot. Yeah. So Based I don't know. The that we saw, there's a lot more moves than other characters seem to have. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm guessing that you're gonna have pretty true to game inputs for a lot of those moves, which is pretty fun. And that's kind of what Sakurai has been doing uh, with, like, each character. Each DLC character has had kind of a unique mechanic um, attached to them. So I would imagine there's something there um, with that, which is cool. Um, the If you haven't seen the trailer, go watch it. It's like, that one is definitely worth watching yourself. Um, it's one of the funnier ones, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Life is Strange is coming to Switch. Uh, the remastered collection and the new game, True Colors. Uh, Marvel's Guardian of the Galaxy is coming to Switch. Uh, Astria Ascending and Worms Rumble are two that are coming to Switch. I gotta say, though, one thing I didn't understand was the Worms Rumble trailer looked not good. Looked bad. Yeah, I don't like doing that and like being like that forward with it, but the frame rate looked bad in the trailer. Um, so if you're a fan of the Worms franchise, I would wait until that one comes out and see if it looks any better. But, I mean, it looked like it was running at like 15 frames a second with the multiplayer. Right. I'm I'm hopeful that it was something to do with converting the video for the presentation or something or capturing the game yeah. like really made it chug. Um, I hope it yeah. doesn't look like that once it gets published because that would not be great. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of a it was kind of a rough one. Um, but then Two Point Campus is coming to Switch. It's that Sega Two Point game. Um, we talked about it on the Sonic uh, episode. Looks cute. Uh, Looks like The Sims. 
yeah, it look it looks neat. Uh, it's a it's a sim game, so not quite my thing, but it, it is coming to Switch. So if that's your thing, it'll be there. Uh, kind of a weird one that a lot of people called uh, beforehand, but Mario Party Superstar. Um, I actually watched the Treehouse demo of this. Um, so it's five. It's five Nintendo sixty four boards, um, and it looks like classic Mario Party. Um, just like it's basically like a Mario Party N sixty four remake, um, in the uh, Super Mario Party engine. Uh, something that was interesting though was that there were not character dice blocks like in New Super Mario Party. It was oh, just I didn't catch that regular, and I don't know if that was just like the mode they were playing. Maybe another mode has those but the one they were playing just had the standard dice blocks um and the the it was just classic mario party uh which honestly whenever they added the online to new or to super mario party it honestly looked really good a lot of people were saying it was really responsive um so i think they were legitimately upgrading their servers to be able to handle these online games makes sense Uh, to me yeah same here um, it's baffling that the original Mario Party did not have online multiplayer, but the fact that this one is coming out right out the gate with it um, is pretty cool. My concern um, in this classic Nintendo whatevers is that there's still only five boards. Um, and But if the fact that it's called Mario Party Superstar leads me to believe that more will come later. So I'm hoping it's kind of like not DLC, but updates later that will add new boards as the game goes. Or even if it's like relatively cheap DLC, yeah. Um, You know, as we start to move into GameCube era, Wii era, those kinds of things, I would love to see a lot more boards added so you can keep playing these Mario Party games. I've Uh, never really owned a Mario Party game before. How many boards typically come on a game? uh, Five or six. So, I mean, it's not unlike, you know, normal Mario Party stuff, but it's like, you know, with like with Super Mario Party, for example, it's like we didn't have online multiplayer even, or um, a lot of the boards were really small. um, Whereas a lot of the older ones really are like full board games. Um, So I think that's why people are wanting more out of them. so I could see Mario Party Superstar being like the way to add more of the older boards and play them and add more mini games and stuff. So that'd be fun. Um, yeah, I'm considering uh, picking it up. Me too. Me too. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, the next one was one I was not expecting at all. Um, they briefly mentioned Metroid Prime Four. Um, was that it was still in development. But then they showed us Metroid 5, known as Metroid Dread, is a 2D entry in the Metroid franchise. And oh boy, oh, my level of excitement went through the roof. It looks really fun. Um, um, I, it looks really scary, too. Like, the big robot? Yeah. Spooky. Yeah. So I've I've seen a lot of confusion on Twitter about how it's called Metroid 5. Um, and there's a lot of people that are like, well, isn't Metroid... What happened to 4? Metroid Prime 4 is still in development. How is this Metroid 5? So just as a quick kind of explanation as to why this is. 
Um, so they're obviously they're splitting the 3D and the 2D franchises. So Metroid Prime is its own series, and then the 2D Metroids are their own series. Well, Billy, didn't they have? Don't they have a bunch of 2D games? Kind of. So we have Metroid One on the NES, uh, which came came out on the NES. And then we got a remake of that on the Game Boy called Metroid Zero Mission, which if you've seen any of my streams, you know that I love Metroid Zero Mission. Um, Kind of a ground-up remake of the original Metroid. Then we got Metroid 2, which came out on the Game Boy. Uh, Game Boy, yeah, just regular Game Boy. Um, Which isn't as popular. Um, And then there used, there was a uh, uh, port or a fan game called another metroid 2 remake uh which was going to rebuild metroid 2 in the metroid zero mission engine um but then that game got taken down by nintendo and then we got samus returns on the 3ds so if that game is actually a remake of metroid 2 then we got super metroid on the snes which nobody wants to touch because that's like the game that's perfect nobody touches that right um I think a remake would be cool, but you didn't hear it from me. So that's Metroid 3. Metroid 4 came out on the Game Boy Advance alongside Metroid Zero Mission, known as Metroid Fusion. Uh, Metroid Fusion is a direct sequel to Super Metroid. Um, after the events of Super Metroid, um, basically Samus like gets imbued with like Metroid powers, um, and it starts to like fuse her suit to her body. Um, and that's kind of the whole thing of Metroid Fusion, hence the name. Uh, and so people complain that that one was a little too linear. Whatever, all that, whatever. That's Metroid 4. So <laughs> we haven't had a new 2D Metroid game since Metroid Fusion on the Game Boy Advance. Um, everything else in between 2D-wise has been a remake of some sort. So that's how we get Metroid 5 with Metroid Dread which is why the power suit armor kind of looks more like that fusion armor style. So, long-winded, short explanation. That's how, you know, we're at Metroid 5 at this point. Um, And it looks so good. It looks so good. I watched the Treehouse demo. Um, They're bringing back the melee abilities from uh, Samus Returns. Um, It's, again, it looks more stealth oriented with the ro- unkillable robots um I, if i imagine right that's going to be the uh you're going to need the plasma beam to kill those or something like that but they're present throughout the whole game um it it looks so spooky and lonely and exactly like a metroid game should i think it looks really neat um i have almost no experience with a metroidvania type game I started playing Hollow Knight a few weeks ago, um, which is my first experience with a game like that. Um, And I'm obsessed with it. So, like, it really makes me want to pick up a Metroid game and try that out. So this is a really exciting one for me, too, because I'm hoping that it will be a good entry point into the series. I would imagine, since there's such a big gap in between 4 and 5, like, time-wise, they probably are making it pretty easy to jump in for a new person. I mean, a lot of the Metroid games, they're connected, but they're not like you require that old knowledge to be able to enjoy it. 
Um, because a lot of times you end up losing your suit in some way and you have to go re-get all the power-ups that you had um, in some form. Uh, so it's not like you're going to need to play all of the Metroid games in order to understand what's going on, because a lot of times there's like a quick text blurb in the beginning of the game that explains what Samus has been up to and for you to go uh, to accomplish that as well. And I'll say for anybody that's new to the Metroidvania series or uh, style of game, I will say that Metroid is a lot more direct than something like Hollow Knight or uh, Metroidvanias that have come out since. Um, a Metroidvania is defined by something that, you know, you can go free and explore, but there's usually an item keeping you from progressing to go find that item, and then you backtrack to make more progress or get new power-ups and those kinds of things. Hollow Knight is one that is, like, extremely open, and there's a lot of different pathways to go, and it's really easy to get lost. Um, I will yes. say that Metroid... Yeah. Metroid is a lot more direct in that regard, um, and there's very few times where you're going to feel, like, truly lost. Um, the The scope of the game is not as big and open as something like Hollow Knight or Ori. Um, and so if you're kind of intimidated by those games, I encourage you to pick up this Metroid game. And if you have the SNES online stuff, go play Super Metroid. Um, and you'll have a pretty good idea of what these games are like. Um, which, is, which is a cool thing. A lot of the, the thing about Metroid is to make you feel alone in these like winding corridors and stuff. Um, and it does, these games do it really nicely. And I'm excited for Metroid Dread. Um, I think it's enough gushing about Metroid. <laughs> uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot is coming to Switch. Um, Cruise and Blast is coming as a Switch exclusive. Just Dance is coming to Switch. Um, we kind of mentioned Just Dance a little bit earlier. Uh, another oh, Mario Golf Super Rush is getting free updates, a lot like Mario Tennis. Uh, so that game comes out, yeah, that game comes out. Very, very soon. Actually, by the time this episode goes up, it might already be out. Two weeks from now, I think. If I recall. Yeah. But, um, but that's coming out very, very soon. And they've said that basically it's going to get, like Mario Tennis did, just free updates. The game exists, which is very, very cool. Yep. Apparently, New um, Donk City will be one of those. That's really cool. I like yeah. that. With some, fun, off the wall. with some fun game modes and stuff. Yeah. I'm, it, that'll be very, very fun. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, a left field pick that made me very happy. I like screamed at my screen. Uh, poor Luke, who was in the call with me uh, when we were watching. But WarioWare, get it together, got announced, and it looks amazing. I've never played a WarioWare game. I know this is different in that, like, you're actually controlling a character instead of just doing the tasks yourself. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It looks interesting. The little micro game thing is a lot of fun. Um, I feel like, oh, it was there was an Ape Escape game for the PSP that was very similar, like a bunch of little micro games like that that I really liked. Um, so I'd imagine yeah. it's pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the WarioWare games have a reputation of just like. The best explanation I have is there's the memes about like uh, bowling alleys when you get a strike and it's always some weird animation. That's the WarioWare games, but they're <laughs> so, but they're so charming and fun and 
Um, I, I like that there's going to be like two player uh, micro games. Uh, there's uh, they were playing it on the treehouse, and it looked like uh, like you could all work together to like progress a game. Like you would basically play until you failed, and then the next person would baton pass, or you would rotate. There were some again multiplayer micro games. There were like versus micro games. Um, I think the the Switch is a perfect console to have something like that. Um, sure. And it looks like some of them have motion, some of them have button, uh, and it looks like you can choose your settings uh, for those kinds of things. Um, the WarioWare games have always been interesting, um, and I'm excited to get a Switch entry. Yeah, looks fun. Uh, next up was the Shin Megami Tensei Five release date revealed. I can't remember off the top of my head what it was, but um, Shin Megami Tensei is the mainline franchise. Um, the Persona games are uh, spinoffs of Shin Megami Tensei. Um, which it's funny to me that at this point there are more Persona games than there are Shin Megami Tensei up until this yeah, point. Yeah, that is weird. How a spinoff has surpassed uh, the but, original. Yeah. But these games, I was talking to a buddy who's pretty well versed in it because I do not know that much about this series. Uh, the only Persona game I've played was Persona 4 Golden. Um, I'm hoping one of these days I might I might get a PS5 and can play Persona 5 Royal. Um, but the Persona games are like slice of life anime RPGs, uh, whereas the Shin Megami Tensei games are much more like end of the world demon slaying anime <laughs> games uh where you cr- you recruit monsters by talking to them and like bringing them onto your team so it's almost pokemon-esque uh in that way even though technically speaking shin megami tensei did it first before pokemon oh uh, yeah I-, I looked this up the other day shin megami tensei the first game came out in 1992 uh, and the first pokemon game was not until 1996 hmm. Um, and I think actually Dragon Quest V came out even before Pokemon, but after the first Shin Megami Tensei game. Um, so just a, a, another thing in the franchise that um, it looks very cool. I watched the Treehouse. It was all in Japanese, uh, so I don't know exactly what all was going on. Uh, but it, it looks neat. And if you're an RPG fan, it looks like it's going to be up our alley. This is the first one in quite a while. I think I saw... The- Four was on the 3DS, right? And three was on the yeah. PS2 or something like that. Yeah, which just got a remake or a remaster. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, Shin Megami Tensei seems to get, or their releases are fewer, far between. Um, while they work on their spinoff stuff, uh, Persona gets a lot. Even Persona, the spinoff, gets a lot of spinoff games. So. I, th- I think Persona just happened to get more popular, um, and that's kind of why. But I don't, I'm not going to pretend like I know that for a fact. Uh, next one is very funny because Matt and I were just recently talking about this game. Yes, uh, Danganronpa Decadence is coming to Nintendo Switch, which is also funny because I just like a buddy of mine in my one of my discords. Um, we like played through the games kind of together esque. Um, like all of us in the Discord were just hanging out while he was playing. Um, and so I saw, I've seen the first two games um, played through. 
Um, but yeah, they're coming to Switch. They're visual novels, uh, very, very dark visual novels. Um, but they're they're a lot of fun. Um, and they've um I'm I'm excited to have more people be able to accessibly play them. Yeah, they're really uh, so hard I'm... to get a hold of because they're on PS4, right? But I think it's uh, hard to get a hold of It might be those. now, but I think all of them at one point were Vita games, PS Vita. Right. I know for sure they're on the PS4. Um, so I looked up trying to see if I could play them. And gotcha. They were PS4 at GameStop. Um, but yeah, I think they started yeah, on, yeah. all on the Vita. Yeah, and then they got ported to Steam like a lot of Vita games have been recently. I think once Persona 4 Golden started doing really well, everyone was like, oh, well, yeah, let's put those games that nobody played on the Vita because nobody had a Vita. Not that nobody had a Vita, but, you know, the Vita kind of got Wii U'd. So, yeah, that's a good um, but yeah and then and then Danganronpa Decadence is coming with a I think it's called like Ultimate Summer Camp or something. And it's like a Dragon Quest X-esque RPG um, with all of the Danganronpa characters. It's uh, like a game set in like it's a game in the game, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Um, which is cool. I saw the Monokuma slimes and was like, all right, you got me. You got me. So um, that might be one I pick up because I still haven't I haven't played one or two myself. Um, I don't know how multiple playthroughs kind of goes. Um, and I didn't see any of three. So I'm excited to kind of get into these games. Yeah, and they're all bundled physically. You can get them individually on the eShop. I've never really seen them distribute yeah. a game like that before. I thought that was a pretty cool idea yeah. because if you're so. someone who has played like a couple of them a lot or own it on Steam or something, you don't want to have to buy all of them again. So I think that's a, a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. So cool stuff there. Um, Advance Wars 1 and 2. Uh, this is one that I didn't really know much about, but after kind of looking on Twitter the last few days, it seems like this was a well-requested um, return. It's what, a GBA game, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a tactics, grid-based tactics game uh, with kind of like these toy soldier-looking... I it, Like, in the side-by-sides, they're like real things, but they kind of look like this toy aesthetic uh, on the grid. Um, it's a lot like Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem's kind of the best uh, comparison I have, uh, or Shining Force if you're a Sega person. Um, but yeah, it looks fun. I mean, it's tanks and soldiers, and it's it's a Taxis game, but apparently they're really good and really well-beloved. Uh, we got Fatal Frame, Maiden of Blackwater, which I believe was a Wii U game being yes. ported over. It's a um, game that never a got a physical game. release in the U.S. It was only digital, yeah. so a lot yeah. of people didn't get it. Yeah, which was another game that, uh, thanks to John Cartwright, I know, uh, that this one also had like a Zelda costume on the Wii U. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah, so the main character could be in uh, a Zelda outfit, uh, like a twi- like the Twilight Princess Zelda outfit. That's exactly what I was picturing. That that fits. Yeah, but. But it's it's a horror game, uh, very spooky. I think in the original you would use the Wii U tablet to like take pictures and stuff. So I'm curious to see kind of what adjustments they've made for the Switch. Um, 
But yeah, spooky horror game coming to the Switch. I've never uh, played a horror game before, but this looks kind of fun. This one looks fun, yeah. Uh, Doom Eternal DLC. Not much more to say about that. It's just, yep. it's a thing that's coming to Switch. Uh, if you liked Doom, you'll like this. Uh, yeah. I'll play it on something else, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you have the option, get play it on a different console. But <laughs> yeah, when we watched the trailer, uh, I think it was Luke who went, yeah, that's the Switch version. <laughs> so. Uh, and then, really, the next big thing was the Zelda stuff that came out. Uh, so, uh, the fact that they didn't come out and say we don't have Breath of the Wild 2 news for you had me pretty expecting that we would see something right. by the end. But they started off by showing us uh, Age of Calamity expansion pass stuff, uh, which showed Zelda riding in on the uh, Sheikah cycle. I can't remember what it's actually called. Um, 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 Master Cycle Zero. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Uh, I liked Age of Calamity. I had a lot of fun with it. I darn near 100% of the game uh, in the week that I bought it. Uh, just like regular Breath of the Wild, it did everything but the Koroks. So, you know, uh, I might pick up the expansion pass just because I liked the game that much. I think that's kind of um, weird. Not much else we didn't see anything about what's actually in it until like a week and a half before it releases. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, hey, as long as it's out on uh, time. Right, right. Uh, then they announced the Zelda Game & Watch, which is very, very cool. Um, they had the Mario one that they did for Mario 35. Um, and then now they have the Zelda one, which includes uh, the original Legend of Zelda, uh, Legend of Zelda 2 Adventures of Link, uh, Link's Awakening, the original Game Boy version, and then like the Game & Watch uh legend of zelda vermin. game like i can't remember oh. vermin yes yep it's basically like a side scroller whack-a-mole yeah uh which is cool uh for 40 dollars, you get those three games or four games um it's got like an in-house like timer like play timer um and like an in-game clock that like shows up on the screen like uses the assets of the game to like display the time uh which is kind of cool i think it's a great collector's item um, I've I've heard some complaints that's like, you know, it's it's just a game and watch, but it's like forty bucks uh, for a, a pretty cool collector's item. Even though the Mario ones didn't do so well in the United States, but right, um, they're still really gotta remember they're yeah, you gotta remember though they're a Japanese company, and I'm pretty sure those game and watches did very well overseas. So, um, then they mentioned Skyward Sword. Um, you know, it's coming out in July. Uh, I, I'm excited to give this game another shot. Um, I actually liked Skyward Sword uh, when it came out on the Wii. So, you know, there I am. Uh, I'm excited to play it again. And then... It that was came. it. That was the whole thing. Whole direct. Yeah, it was the whole thing. <laughs> uh, no, the very last thing they showed was the trailer for Breath of the Wild 2. And oh boy, so in a good happy. way. Um, there's they showed a lot of stuff uh in the trailer, um, but it it looks like it's gonna be an insane time. I am very excited for this. Yeah, 
Um, one of the big things that you'll notice is that Link has a prosthetic arm. Um, which the trailer starts with like the calamity goop and then the it uh, cuts to Link. Yeah, the malice. Uh <laughs> just gripping Link's Lending. arm and then a scream. <laughs> Look, I'm not wrong. Uh on the field, it's goop. Uh <laughs> uh, and it like grips his arm and it cuts to a scream and then Zelda falling into a pit. And then it later shows like the Sheikah stuff, like the green glowy uh energy circling his arm and link has a prosthetic right arm in this game um and you can see him at one point use stasis uh, and then like time reverses uh right. and it comes from his arm um so it's, it's like it looks like man. the shame Sika. Yeah. yeah it lo- it looks like the Sheikah slate animation but there's no slate it's just his arm going up and stopping it um which looks very cool. Um, Link also has long hair. That's something. Zelda has short hair. Link has long hair. Yes, assuming it's Link, there's some speculation out there that it could be somebody else. Um, We don't know yet. Um, In fact, we never even saw his face. Nope, we Um, didn't, which is so strange. The the speculations out there are pretty wild, but it is fun to, to talk about and think about. Um, there's a ton of stuff in the sky. So it looks like uh, Skyloft is going to have some sort of place within this game's story, which I think is why Skyward Sword is getting so much attention. Um, Not only to give it another chance, but to remind people what happened in Skyward Sword um, to kind of bring forth in the second game here. I would like to see a lot more interconnectivity between the Zelda titles. Um, I think this is a really good way to do that is to bring some elements of Skyward Sword into this kind of the beginning and the end meeting up. Yeah, which it's cool because I mean, Zelda games have done it before, Uh, like even Breath of the Wild has its references to other to other games like you can go to the outset island from Wind Waker is just there in Breath of the Wild. there's, I mean, Hyrule Field, the, the general format is based on Ocarina of Time, um, as most of the 3D games are. So we've got all kinds of references already, but the one that people shrug off is Skyward Sword. Um, and Matt and I were actually talking about it before we started recording. Uh, but in the final memory, when, so I guess spoilers for a five-year-old game, um, but in the <laughs> final memory of Breath of the Wild, when they put the sword away, you can hear this sound effect play emitting from the sword after it glows. And it's Fee's sound effect from Skyward Sword. Um, so I, I think they're being very deliberate here in that, you know, the Sky Islands are coming back, but in a new way. Um, so I'm excited to see. And story-wise... You know, Ganon got sealed at the end of Breath of the Wild, but what if Demise didn't? So there's a whole lot of options there. We don't know anything, obviously. Um, It was a lot of flash cuts to different things, but uh, one of the cool things that I noticed was there was the section with the Bacoblins on the Stone Talus. So I think the enemies have gotten smarter, which is kind of cool. And there was a quick flash of like, 
I'm guessing it was a mini boss, but it had like this blue and uh, kind of uh, brown color scheme. And it was very much a Skyward Sword dungeon color palette. I thought the same exact thing. I haven't seen it. Okay. I have watched probably five or six different like um, videos about deconstructing the trailer because <laughs> I'm a gigantic nerd. Yeah. And I'm obsessed. Um, I have not seen anyone yeah. mention the fact that this looks like a Skyward Sword robot. But it looks like a Skyward Sword robot, doesn't it? Really? It absolutely does. And I noticed that. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. I, I it's it just it's too much. I mean, like, it's looks like it's made out of the same material as some of the dungeons in the game. Uh and so I I'm excited to see what they've got for us. Uh and again, with all this, I'm what they didn't show that I'm most interested in is did these islands rise out of the ground or did they come down and we just couldn't see them until now? I think it's the second Because one. it could be, or a mix of both even. Because uh, what I'm curious about is, um, again, I watched this whole thing with my buddy Luke, so that's why he keeps getting caught up. But um, we talked about, you know, how different is this world going to be this time around? Um, is it going to feel like a new Hyrule? How how long have we waited between Breath of the Wild 1 and 2 to see this difference? And if stuff is rising out of the ground, because that's what we saw happen with Hyrule Castle. Right, is, the mouse is in the big pit and it pushed it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how many underground dungeons are there going to be? There was a section of clearly something underground where they used like the flamethrower shield. Yeah, looks like um, a big dragon. Yeah, but it looked like an underground dungeon. So how many underground caves are we going to have? Because surely we're not going to be traversing back through shrines again. Um, there's going to be something different. So I'm hopeful uh, that we might actually see bigger style dungeons again, potentially. Um, or like maybe these floating islands are dungeons and you have to traverse them. Um, I don't know. There, there's so many options here, and it looks like time is going to be a major mechanic. Because um, there was the section where we watched the water kind of turn back into a drip and go right, backwards. And, go mm-hmm. uh-huh. and then there was the stasis thing where they stasis a metal spike ball, and it went backwards. Um, so I'm expecting some time travel nonsense kind of like we saw in skyward sword right so i i am very excited yeah but i mean aside from that we really don't have a whole lot of information it's all speculation at this point um and as somebody who's been practicing speedrunning the first breath of the wild um i keep looking at these floating islands and i'm like oh my gosh i want to boom izumi across all of these islands that'd be really cool curious yeah i i'm very curious to see um how you even get to those islands or like the process to getting up to the sky um and traversing hyrule through islands in the air sounds amazing i'm i'm very excited for this project and they put out a year 2022 probably holiday 2022 
Yep, I can't wait to watch this over and over again for the next year and a half. <laughs> that's, yeah, it's that's what's gonna happen. Yeah. So, and that's how E3, well, at least for us, pretty much ended. Um, Bondi Namco came out, but they pretty much just talked about House of Ash some more on their own. Um, and that was E3. Lots of cool stuff. Um, again, there obviously there was some stuff I was disappointed in, stuff I was excited about, but overall, this was a very fun event to follow and, um, good on all of these game developers for really pushing through at a really tough time. And, um, you know, video games were help, you know, what helped me get through this pandemic. And, um, I, I, I couldn't be more grateful for these game devs. Couldn't have said it better myself. I love following E3. Um, the fact that so much was put together, like they had the E3 conference stage show and stuff with a bunch of different hosts and they had all this coordinated together and yeah. all these different developers and people putting together the video trailers. Um, the fact yeah. that they did this in such crazy times is very commendable and impressive. So good for them. I'm really glad they did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and as well, one other thing that I kind of wanted to point out um, there's a lot of people that are, I don't know if upset is the word or confused, um, but I was talking about this with somebody about uh, Nintendo and The Legend of Zelda. Um, there's a lot of question as to why do we not have a year of Legend of Zelda? Because they pretty much said they're not working on anything else Legend of Zelda-wise for the rest of this year. It's pretty much all going towards the Skyward Sword remake and then uh, Breath of the Wild 2. And, you know, if you think about it, you know, Mario gets his own year because Mario is the flagship Nintendo character. And he's fortunate enough to be the one with his own year. If we had to honor every anniversary that was going on this year, it would be the year of Donkey Kong. It would be the year of Legend of Zelda. It would be the year of Kid Icarus. It would be the year of Mother. I mean, we have so many games that have come out within 1986. Um, that it's pretty impossible for Nintendo to choose to dedicate a whole year to The Legend of Zelda. Um, So I just encourage you to, you know, be excited about the stuff coming out and realize that, you know, as much as we love The Legend of Zelda and we want The Legend of Zelda to have the same rapport as Mario, it's just not quite there. Not just that, but I feel like getting the um, 3D All-Stars collection out when they did in the middle of a pandemic was a pretty monumental Mm -hmm. task. And I feel like trying to do that again with a Zelda collection would have been probably next to impossible Mm -hmm. to get it out on time. Especially considering they have other games that they didn't even talk about over E3 that are in development, like Splatoon 3, Mm -hmm. um, like the supposed Donkey Kong game. Like, yeah. They've got a lot of stuff to juggle right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. And also, um, on the uh, the people were speculating that we might get Twilight Princess and Wind Waker onto the Switch. And while I would be the first to, you know, get in a line and buy those, um, understanding, too, that a lot of those ports that were put on the Wii U were dedicated to the Wii U. 
And while they have those assets, it's much harder to port a game than people want to uh, really talk about. Um, And I do like that the Zelda team is being very deliberate in saying, look, we don't have anything else. Like, this is what we've got. This is where we want to put our time. They are telling us that they don't want to just shove games onto a platform. They want to make the best possible game they can with the Skyward Sword remake and or a remaster and Breath of the Wild 2. Um, you know, it was the same thing with the Direct that happened a couple months ago where, you know, everybody was like, well, I, buy, I want Breath of the Wild 2 news. And it's like, yeah, you do. But do you want the game to be good? <laughs> right. A rush so, game is bad you know, forever. Yeah. So with all of these developers, you know, as, you know, if you are walking away from E3 disappointed, um, you know, not every game is unfortunately developed for each individual person. And, you know, these companies have to make a decision somewhere. So, but I, I had a ton of fun with E3. Um, I, I'm living for the uh, Final Fantasy Origins memes uh, about killing of- chaos. <laughs> um, Sonic Team even got in on it, which was very funny to me. Um, because the, even, I think Square is embracing the meme. They posted and he just said chaos in all caps. And then Sonic Team underneath replied to them and asked where. Oh, Brian's Twitter. Yeah, it was just funny. And then I think I actually, wasn't it you that did the silence brand? Yes. <laughs> meme onto it. <laughs> that was very good. One of my favorite. So, uh, you know, it's good. Uh, but man, congrats, uh, E3. Um, this was the first time in a long while that I've been excited for E3 and have walked away pretty impressed with uh, the showcase. So, but with that, I think this episode ends up being like an hour and a half long, which is fantastic. Awesome. Um, if you're still listening here to the end, thank you so, so much for listening to our kind of recaps and gushing and rants uh, about the various things at E3 and feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at games parlay pod and let us know what, uh, what you were excited to hear about at E3. Um, And also with all these games coming up, are there any in particular you want us to look at a little bit closer and review on the podcast? Um, With a lot of these games coming out, I think there's at least a few of them on there that Matt and I are both interested in that we could talk about. So for sure. But with that, I think we're going to sign off. Uh, thank you, Matt, for joining me once again. Always. Another episode. Kind of fun. And we will see the rest of you on our next episode. <laughs>